Welcome to our podcast here at Trinity West Church. We believe that you will be enriched by today's message. Let's open our hearts to receive God's Word. I preached on Mother's Day, a sermon called Honor Thy Mother. And then right before I went, my wife and I went on sabbatical, I preached a message called Honoring God's House. And uh, today, of course, is a message called Honor Thy Father. Honor Thy Father. Uh, In Psalms chapter number 68, it says this, A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his habitation. And then it goes on to say this in verse 6, that God sets the solitary in families. A father to the fatherless, defender of widows, God sets the solitary in families. Family has always been God's idea. Family was not a man-made idea. It wasn't something that we thought up. It wasn't something that we just designed one day. God designed it. God orchestrated it. God put it together. God created husband and wife, and God always intended by design that children grow up in a home where there is a male father and a female mother. It's the way God created us. It's the way God intended it to be. Regardless of what, amen, regardless of what the world decides is they think is right, that's not how God intended it to be. And so to call anything else God's design is to be contrary to the scriptures. And so, so we have to adhere to the scriptures. It's our foundation for living and it's our foundation for truth. And, and that's just the way God designed it. But it doesn't happen in every person's life. Everybody doesn't get an, an earthly dad, a, a male dad in their home. Just, you know, because of different situations, because of divorce, because of uh, somebody losing a, a father, loss of life. Some grow up without a father. Some grow up without a father uh, who is present or or involved in the life. The father may be in the home, but he's not involved. He's more interested in in, uh, business or in his newspaper. He's more interested in, in the TV. He's checked out. He's disconnected. So some grow up in that kind of home. Some grow up in a home where the father's abusive, verbally or physically abusive. And so... Many times, and the devil does this, he tries to, in our life, instill these daddy issues at a very young age. He wants us to disconnect from our earthly father so that there's a spiritual disconnect from our heavenly father. So that we may grow up thinking, well, Jesus loves you, but he certainly doesn't want you to think that God does. Because God is our father. And so he doesn't want you to think that God is gracious or God is loving or God is any of those things. He wants you to be disconnected from your earthly father. He doesn't want you to feel the embrace. He doesn't want you to feel the love of of a, a male figure, a male father in the home. He doesn't want you to have those things. So the devil works very hard to create in your life daddy issues. One of my favorite movies is is a movie called Remember the Titans. How many of you have ever seen that movie with Denzel Washington? It's a football movie, so you've got to love football movies, right? Football movie. And, and in the movie, it tells the story that is based upon a true story 
of a football team overcoming racial boundaries and barriers uh, years and years ago. And in one of the scenes, they're about to get on the bus to go to football camp. And one of the hotshot players decides he's going to tell the coach exactly how it is. So he goes up to the coach, who's played by Denzel Washington, and he says to the coach, Coach, you know what, we're, we're good on this, we're, we're, you know, hey, we're fine. And he starts to tell the coach exactly how it is. Well, the coach begins to look around, and he asks the player, who do you have here with you? And he said, well, that's my mother over there. He said, that's your mother, okay. And then he asked the player this, and this is one of the, the funniest scenes in the movie. He says, well, who's your daddy? And he begins to stare at him, and they have this, they have this moment, right, in the, in the, right next to the bus with a crowd of people looking on. And he says, I said to you, I, or I said, I asked you, who's your daddy? And finally the player just kind of breaks. Gary here, and he just breaks down, and he looks down, and he says, I want you to say it. Who's your daddy? And finally the player says, you are, coach. That's right, I'm, I'm your daddy. In other words, what he's saying is, is who's in control? Who's making the decisions? Who's, who's guiding and leading this team? And you know what? We need to all come to grips with, with this issue in our life. Who is our daddy? Who is, who's in ultimate control? Who is the one calling the shots? Who's the one that actually makes the decisions? Who is the one who is really leading and guiding our lives? For many of us, it's, it's been a struggle. Either because we grew up with no dad, we grew up with an abusive father, we grew up with a, with a disconnected dad. And, and so we have all these issues, so we don't know who's in control. Listen, I had a dad who, my dad has passed away, it's been nine years since my, my dad passed away. And my dad was a, a good dad, a, a great provider, not the most loving man, not the most affectionate man. But you know what, he didn't have great examples growing up. He had a, a, a horrible situation growing up. And so he wasn't always the most loving, he wasn't always the most affectionate. You know, and he wasn't always the most connected. For, for our life, he just, he wasn't really, really involved in our life and in the things that we did and anything that was extracurricular. He just didn't, he just didn't do those things. You know, as he got, as he got older and as I got older, he became more loving and, and would actually say, I love you. But, you know, he didn't say that a lot. He just, that just wasn't him, you know. So I grew up with, you know, a, a set of daddy issues, not as severe as anybody else and, you know, never really had to go to counseling over. I'm not saying that. But I had my own set of issues in my life. And, and as a Christian man, listen, not just as a Christian, but as a minister and as a pastor, I still had to come to grips with some things in my own life. And you know what I did? Here's what I did for a season of my life. And I just encourage you to do this if this is necessary in your life. Because I just, I just had a disconnect between my earthly father and my heavenly father, like many people in this room. Uh, maybe not as severe as some, but maybe more severe than others. But I just had to come to grips with, with who is my dad? Who is he really? Who is he really? And so I started to do this years ago for a season of my life. Every day I would pray this prayer according to 1 Corinthians 13. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 is called the love chapter. And we know that in that, in that chapter, it, it says these words, love is patient, love is kind. Many of you have heard that, those scriptures before. So I replaced the word love with the phrase, my father. Now, the Bible says God is love. It's not that he has love, he is love. 
So this wasn't, a, this wasn't twisting scriptures, mis, mis, you know, aligning uh, in any way. It was completely accurate. And here's what I did. Just throw that up on the screen. I would just pray this prayer every day. My father is patient and kind. My father does not envy. My father does not boast. It's not puff, it is not puffed up. My father does not behave rudely. My father does not seek his own. My father is not easily angered, thinks no evil of me. My father does not rejoice when I sin, but rejoices when I overcome. My Father bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And then listen to this phrase, my Father never fails me. And for a season of my life, I just prayed that all the time. Just prayed it until I really came to grips with, I have a heavenly Father who is crazy in love with me and accepts me and approves of me just as I am. Amen? That's so necessary in our life. In his book, uh, Who's Your Daddy? Uh, Doug Stringer, uh, a famous author, says this. He said, the two things every father needs, uh, every son, I should say, or daughter needs from their father, the two things that every individual, regardless of what age, the two things you need are this, approval and acceptance. You need it. You have to have it. You can't live without it. You will starve for these things. You will, these things will be necessary in your life. You will need approval, and you will need acceptance. And let me tell you, there is a God in heaven, regardless of your past, regardless of what you've gone through, regardless of, of all the issues of, of, of your childhood and your upbringing, there is a God in heaven who accepts you and approves of you just the way you are. And let me show you how he has done that. This is how God has done that. And you'll see it in Romans chapter 8. And starting in verse number 12, it says this. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Verse 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, But you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Now I want to read this to you. We're going to put it up on the screen. I want to read it to you in the New Living Translation. Check out exactly what it says. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters... You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received the Spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Listen to this. Instead, you receive God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. That's an Aramaic term, Abba Father, which means Daddy God. It's a term of endearment, a term of affection. Listen, it says this, For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children, and since we are God's children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. It says this, since we've been adopted, 
We are heirs of Christ, heirs of God, and joint heirs or brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ himself. We are children of God, adopted by God, which means we have a brother. His name is Jesus. And it is an adoption that has taken place. Now, what's interesting to note, and follow me along here, what's interesting to note is that Paul is writing to the Romans. In the Jewish culture, there was no adoption. You won't find adoption in the Old Testament in the Jewish culture. The only places where you find adoption are really the two most famous ones are Moses was adopted. Now, remember, Moses was adopted, but he was adopted into the Egyptian culture. The other person that you think of maybe when it comes to adoption is Esther. Esther lost her family. She was adopted by her uncle Mordecai, but she was adopted into the Persian culture. The reason why there was no adoption in the Jewish culture is because in the Jewish culture, if a child was abandoned or if a woman was, became a widow, it was by law that the male next of kin, usually the brother, would then take that family in by law. So there had to be no legal, there was no necessarily a, a legal contract that wasn't necessary. It was just an understanding by law that that family would then be taken care of by the male next of kin. But in the Roman culture, it wasn't that way. In the Roman culture, there was a legal transaction that took place. In the Roman culture, there was a legal adoption. And let me just tell you, it was very much like adoption we have today, except for one thing, the motive. The only thing that was different, perhaps, in many cases, is the motive. When they adopted in the Roman culture, they would find a child, specifically, usually it would be a son, and here's why. They would find this male child who had either been abandoned or or lost a dad uh, through death. And the petitioner, the prospective adoptive father, would go to that family and petition to adopt that young man. And that family would have to agree to give up all rights to the child. All rights upon adoption were completely severed. They had no right to the child anymore. They had no communication with that child anymore. And then that child would go through this process, the legal process, and he would become then the the son, or perhaps maybe even a daughter, of this new adoptive family, and he would immediately become an heir. And listen to me, that was the motive. The motive for why they adopted was to carry on the inheritance. It's the reason why. It wasn't necessarily because of love, and maybe that, that took place at some point, but it was always about an inheritance. It was always about a legacy. Now listen to me very quickly. It's the same with God. God did not choose you to adopt you because he loves you. Listen to me. God loved you long before he adopted you. God loved you long before he brought you into the family. When you were out there sinning, when you were lost as could be, when you were totally away from God, when you wanted nothing to do with God, God was crazy in love with you. He could not love you anymore. 
So the reason why he adopted you is not so that he could love you. He already loved you. The reason why he adopted you and chose you and wanted you to be a son or a daughter is so that he can give you everything that he's got. It's always about, hey, I want to give you everything I have. He already loves you. He just wants to now give you everything. And he couldn't do it until you became part of his family. And when you became part of his family, you became an immediate heir for everything that he's got. See, in the Roman culture, you didn't become an heir when the person died. Like today, you know, we wait for the will to be read, and then we receive an inheritance. That's not how it was. When a person was born or when they were adopted, they were immediate heirs. They immediately had possession of everything the father. They had a legal right to everything the father had. See, that's what I, I, you know, I don't want to do that with my family. I don't don't want to wait for a will. If I have the opportunity to help my family or bless my kids in any way, I want to bless them while I can see it. I want to bless them while I watch what they do with it. I want, to, I, want to, I want to just see it. I always encourage people to do that. Not everybody wants to do that. Some people want to wait. Some people want to leave it all in a will somewhere. But I think it's better to, hey, let's watch them. Let's, let's, let's bless them when they're young enough and they need it. Most people don't need it when they're 50. They need it when they're 25. You know, they need it then. And help them out. Come on, somebody. You know? But, but a lot of people choose it. However you choose to do it is fine with you. But listen... A good man leaves a what? Inheritance to his children's children. And let me tell you, God adopted you so he could leave you some stuff. And it's not going to take his death, right? It's, it's not about him, him passing this on one day. Right here, right now, he wants to entrust to you everything that he has. That's why he chose you. That's why he pulled you from the darkness. That's why he got you out of the gutter. That's why he he put your family back together. That's why he rescued you and saved you. That's why he delivered you. That's why he set you free. He did it all so he could give you everything that he's got. That's why he did it. He loved you long before you got saved. Now that you're saved, he just wants to bless you, give you, pour out his grace and his mercy, his forgiveness. He wants to pour out to you his power. He wants to pour out to you everything that he's got. He wants you to have it all. You see? See, I know, I know, I know people who are super wealthy. You know the number one fear of the super wealthy? The number one fear of the super wealthy. Most people, they think the number one fear of the super wealthy is to lose their wealth. No, that's not their number one fear. The people who are super wealthy are never going to lose their wealth, right? They've structured their life in such a way. They're, they're, not, they're not dumb. They didn't get to be super rich by being dumb, okay? The people who lose their wealth immediately, those are the lotto winners. Those are the ones that, that suddenly become rich overnight. The people who have built wealth will never lose their money. You know their number one fear? What their wealth is going to do to their children. They're scared to death that their wealth will ruin and destroy their children's lives. Let me tell you, listen to me very carefully, God doesn't have that fear. God's not afraid of that at all. He wants you to be mature. He wants you to be at a place where you can handle it, but he wants to give it all to you. He wants you to wake up and say, Daddy, God, here I am. I'm coming to you. I want everything that you have for me today. I want all of your grace. I want all of your mercy. I want all of your love. I want all of your forgiveness. I want all of your power. Everything that you want to give me today, I'm willing to receive it. 
And it's not that, hey, I have to fight to earn it. It's that I receive it by grace and by mercy because I am a child of God. Who's your daddy? God is your daddy. And if you're here today and you've got, you got daddy issues, let me just settle it for you. You have a heavenly father who approves of you and accepts you just the way you are. Just the way you are. He's crazy in love with you. So much so that he sent his son to die for you so that he could adopt you. So that he could bring you into his family. Family was always God's idea. It was always what he wanted. And he wants you to sever any relationship you might have with your former family. Sever it. Here's two things. I just want to give them to you real quickly. Two things, things as adopted children that, that we need to do. Number one is receive his instruction. If we are his children, then he expects us to listen to what he has to say. Proverbs chapter, listen to just a couple of Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8 says, My son, hear the instruction of your father. Proverbs 4.1, my children, hear my children the instruction of a father. Proverbs 13.1, hey, a wise son heeds his father's instruction. God is saying to you today, hey, listen, I've adopted you, I've chosen you, I've pulled you out of the mess, I've pulled you away from, from all the hurt and the heartache, and now listen, hey, listen to what I have to say. Hear my instruction. And there's two ways he does that. First, he does it externally through his word, through this book right here. He says to you, hey, I left you some instructions. I want you to open the book, and I want you to read what I have to say. And this book right here, when you get into it and it gets into you, this book will change your life. We're about to start a series. I'm going to do a series on the Word of God, on the Bible, and the effects that it has on our life. Man, I'm so excited about it because this book is transforming. It is life-changing. And so he leads us externally. But you know how else he leads us? He leads us internally through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. Bears witness with our, our spirit. So if you were to ask my children, who's your daddy? They know exactly who their daddy is. They know it. That, uh, you couldn't tell them. No, that's not your, no, no, they know. That's, that's my dad. You know, my wife's Spanish, Puerto Rican. I tell everybody I'm half Puerto Rican, but really I'm all white. I'm just as white as white could be. Couldn't get more white, right? But, but you know, so our kids came out, they just looked like they looked. You know, I mean, they're just, you know, however they came out, they came out. I mean, they don't necessarily look white. They don't necessarily look Spanish. They just, they just look like they look. Now, I can tell their mind, though, especially when it comes to my daughter getting dressed in the morning. She's just like her mother. Yeah, that's just the way it is. Women tend to take a little longer. And I look at her and I go, ooh, Hallelujah. Just like your mother, praise the Lord. Thank God she looks like mom, not like dad. But, but however they came out, they just get, that's just, but they're my children. They're it, right? And, and they know who their dad is. There's something that bears witness in their life that says, hey, that's my dad. Well, it's the same with you. God, through the Holy Spirit, wants to tell you, that's your dad. Your heavenly father, he, listen, he's your father. Regardless of what took place in your childhood, regardless of who walked in and out of your life, 
regardless of who you never got to hug or who never got to cheer you on or who never got to be your biggest fan, there's a God in heaven who cheers you on. And he's your biggest fan. And he's up in heaven, buddy, and he is right there. He is approving of you and he is accepting of you. Regardless of your childhood, God is your father. Receive his instruction. And then the second thing is this, you have to care for his inheritance. We don't just receive his instruction. We also, required of us, we have to care for the inheritance that he's given us. That means that we don't just take his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness for granted. We don't just receive something from him and then cast it off to the side. You know, my dad didn't leave a lot of things for us. He didn't leave any money and he didn't leave a lot of possessions or anything. But while he was still living, he gave me something that I consider priceless in my life, and it's a watch. He gave me a Rolex watch that was his that he earned from spending 25 years on the job. And having spent 25 years on the same job, he was proud of that watch. And long before he passed away, he, he wanted me to, like I said, he wanted to see me wear it. So he gave it to me before he passed away, and had it resized and everything because he was a giant. I don't know what happened to me, but he was a giant man. And, and so, so I have it. And, and my wife and I, we've moved plenty of times, but I know exactly where that watch is. I never wear it because I'm always afraid I'm going to break it, lose it, something, because it's that valuable to me. And one day, it'll be somebody else's inheritance that I pass on, you see. And it holds an extreme amount of value to me, and I pray that those that it gets passed down to, it will hold a similar value, you see. And God wants to give you something that this morning you would value, you would cherish. That when we say, God, I want you to heal my body, and he does it, we cherish it. God, I want you to heal my heart, we cherish it. God, would you pour out your grace and your mercy? We care and we cherish for his inheritance. Lord, I'm not going to take for granted your love this morning. Listen, my wife and I, we were on sabbatical. We were gone for four Sundays, but we went to church every Sunday. Or I should say every weekend. We went one Saturday night. That was weird. But we went one Saturday night. I'm just a Sunday, you know, I'm just, I'm religious. What can I say? So, so we went to church every week, though. We, didn't, we weren't going to miss church, we, so we just went to visit other churches. But let me tell you, there's something about coming here this morning. I was so excited about coming here and worshiping and hugging next because this is my church family. Right? This is where, this is my home. And, and when we were in God's presence this morning, even when we were worshiping this morning, I thought, man, I have missed this. I went to other churches that had, you know, beautiful buildings and nice stuff and, and decent worship. But I wanted to worship with my church family because that's what I missed. And I, I wanted to cherish that and care for it. His presence this morning, I felt that I didn't feel any other place. And thinking about it, I thought, God, please le- never let me take your presence for granted in my life. Whether it's on a Sunday morning sitting in a red padded pew or whether it's on a Monday morning on a back porch or whether it's a a Tuesday night in a bedroom or driving in my car, may I never take what you have given me for granted. May I always cherish the inheritance that you leave me. I want to end with this today. 
I want to read to you. Just take a second. Most of you know that my wife and I were involved in adoption. And without getting into specifics or talking too much about it, most of you have heard our story. Uh, And we were fine. We were happy. We had a son and we had a a daughter biologically. And and we just thought life was great. But then God began to stir our heart to get involved with foster care. We signed up for foster care classes. And then we eventually adopted and man, it was a roller coaster, and I could, I could spend an hour telling you the, the details of it. Uh, most of you have heard it before, but I could just say this. We went to court eight times, and it was an emotional roller coaster. But we believed God, and we trusted God that it was going to happen. And it did on November 30th, 2012. After eight times going to court we finally got a final judgment of adoption and a final court case. So we all got dressed up, man. We went down to the Broward County Courthouse, uh, and we got dressed up. Grandparents came. The kids took off school. They came. We were going to Cracker Barrel. Man, it was going to be a great day. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Cracker Barrel, y'all. Cracker Barrel. I feel the anointing on that already. So... So we were so excited. We were so excited. And we knew it was coming. We knew everything was going to go well. And it was just a formality, but it was an important formality. And they gave us this paper. We have several copies of it, but I brought a copy today, and I just want to read a little bit of it to you today. I'm just going to read a couple different points, articles, and then we'll pray and dismiss. But here's what it says. The minor child, now we are the petitioners, Okay, we're the petitioners. So when you hear that word, and this is a petition. So listen to what I said a moment ago about Roman, what happened in Roman law. The minor child, subject to the petition, is declared to be the legal child of the petitioners, Gene Brian Rosenberger and Cynthia Rosenberger. My first name's Gene, don't tell anybody. So <laughs> second point says this. The minor child shall be the child and legal heir at law of the petitioners, Gene Bryant Rosenbarger and Cynthia Rosenbarger, and shall be entitled to all rights and privileges and subject to all obligations of children born of the petitioner. The minor child's biological parents are not entitled to any contact or communication with the minor child. C said this final judgment of adoption, listen to this, creates a relationship between the adoptee and the petitioners and all relatives of petitioners that would have existed if the adoptee was a blood descendant of the petitioners born within wedlock, entitled to all rights and privileges thereof and subject to all obligations of a child being born to the petitioners. Did you hear that? What they're actually saying is this, that this child now, legally, according to the court, Broward County Court in the state of Florida, is the same as if it was born out of our own loins, right? The exact same, no difference. The relatives are the same, everything's the same as if it was born. And let me tell you, if you've ever adopted, if you've been involved in that, uh, it's the same for us. It's the same. I remember when he read these words. You know, I'm kind of an emotional guy. 
and I, I, I can get emotional <laughs> very quickly. Some of you have seen that tragically happen in my life. And, and uh, so I walked into this. I thought, I'm going to be a mess. And I was pretty good. But when he said those words, when he read that petition, I looked at my wife. She just lost it. I thought, hold it together, sister. Come on. <laughs> Please. Golly. So embarrassing. And... And, and it was just a great day. And when we heard those words, and listen to me, it's just like what took place in the spiritual world with you. There was a legal document created. And the case number is the day that you gave your life to Christ. And on that day, there was a final judgment in heaven. And God is saying, I'm now the, child, the father of this child. And listen to this. All the rights of the former family have been severed. They're completely and forever severed. The former family has no right to contact you anymore. Amen? That means this, that when you wake up, and the devil tries to put thoughts in your head, or you get that phone call, or you find some news that's, that's less than what you believe to be God's plan, God's purpose for your life, you say, no, no, devil, listen, you don't have the right to communicate with me, to talk to me, to put thoughts in my head. I have severed that relationship. No longer can you communicate with me. I have a new dad, a new father, He's not of this world. He's supernatural. He created the heavens and the earth. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. He can perform miracles. He can walk on water. He can turn water into wine. He can, he can do whatever. He can feed 5,000 people with just a few fish, a couple pieces of bread. He can do it all. And he's my dad. And I'm his child. I'm his son or I'm his daughter. And legally it says it right here, I've been adopted. I belong to him. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment? Maybe this morning, in your life, there's still some residue, still some hurt and some pain. I understand. Doesn't immediately go away the minute you ask Jesus into your life. It doesn't immediately go away by coming to church. It doesn't immediately go away. I was a pastor. I was saved. I loved God. I knew the Word of God. Bible degree. But I still had issues in my life. I just had to come to grips with who my dad was. Who is my dad? Listen, I don't have any problem with people who search their name, trying to find the meaning of their name, wanting to get a family crest. Listen, hey, more power to you. But I'll just tell you this. You'd be better off, instead of searching websites, you'd be better off opening this book and finding out who your real dad is than a granddad or great-granddad. Listen, you open up this book and you say, Dad... Would you tell me all about yourself? Can I read some stories about what you did years ago? Can I find out what our family's like? I, I, I'd love to know about my family, and especially one member of my family. He's my brother. I'd love to know all about him. 
Because everything you gave him and everything you entrusted to him and how he lived and how he operated on this earth, you know, the Bible says that I can have all the same things he had and I can do all the same things he did because I'm a child just like he was on this earth. And I've been adopted and you're my dad. And I'm your son and I'm your daughter. Now I'm ready. Would you just give me everything that you have for me? Hallelujah. Let me pray for you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every person with every head bowed and every eye closed who is here this morning, Father, I pray for them today. I pray for the ones who have felt the hurt. I pray for the ones who have been wounded. I pray for the ones who are struggling. I pray for those who even right now feel disconnected or lost away from God. If that's you today, you say, Pastor, I I don't feel connected to God. I feel totally away from God. But I would love to connect with God today. Would you let me lead you in a prayer? If that's you and you'd like to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart, right where you're sitting, you sense that you're away from God, lost, would you just raise your hand very high and say, Pastor, that's me, I'm away from God, I don't feel connected to God, but I would love to let you lead me in a prayer to reconnect with God today or to connect with Him for the first time. Just raise your hand very high. I'll just acknowledge it, we'll pray for you. And I believe God will change your life. But I also know this. I see your hand. I see your hand. I also know this. There's some in this room, and you've really struggled with some issues with your earthly dad. And you thought maybe when you turned to be an adult, it would go away. Or you thought maybe when you got married or had kids of your own, it will go away. I'm here to tell you, if time healed all wounds, God would be unnecessary. Time doesn't heal. Changes in life patterns don't necessarily heal. Let me tell you who heals. God does. And he wants to do that for you today. I'd love to pray for you today, that God touches you on the inside and changes your life. Here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to ask everyone in here today, would you just stand to your feet very quickly? Just stand to your feet. I know it's Father's Day, and I know some of you have some plans, some different things going on. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to dismiss all of those who who say, Pastor, you know, I'm I'm good or, or I'm okay and don't want prayer this morning. But if you do, If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I would really love for you to pray with me. Maybe you raised your hand and you say, I need to make sure things are right between me and God. Then you come forward and you let me lead you in a prayer today. But also if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm still struggling understanding my relationship with my earthly dad. And because of the struggle there, there's also been some struggles understanding who my heavenly father is and how much he really cares for me. 
If that's you today, would you come down here for prayer when I call you? And, and I want to just, my wife and I will meet you down here. We'll pray for you. I believe God will touch you. I believe God can heal your life right here this morning today.